Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. This morning, what I wanted to share with you, uh, it's a kind of a micro-series uh, about uh, doing life with the end in mind. And that's the micro-series because I'll be with you, uh, God willing, next Sunday as well for the, the, the next part of that series that we're going to start today uh, together. So, and where that, does that name come from? Uh, essentially, it was a, a reading that I've done recently uh, about a psychiatrist. So why do I'm reading that kind of stuff? Uh, it says a lot on my life and what is happening between my two ears. But um, seriously, about that psychiatrist uh, named uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, uh, who did uh, research and studies on uh, dying and people near death. Uh, so she did that basically like in the mid fifties uh, uh, and a little bit uh, later as well. And we owe to that women uh, the five stages of grief that you probably already heard about, the, the denial, the anger, the, um, the, uh, the uh, Patricia, yeah, exactly, bargaining, exact Depression. Depression, exactly. And thank you, uh, Judy and Patricia, and everyone that know that way better than I. So we owe that to that women, that women, these uh, concepts and these phases. So she really studied that carefully. And one of the other things that she found, having done many interviews with people dying at, their, at the end of their days, it's that people were, were saying or were thinking about a relationship, most people, and not necessarily, and I want to be uh, do, doing gener, uh, generalis, generali, generality, anyway, generalization, merci, Doug. So thank you, everyone. So yeah, don't, it's an interactive message, just pausing right now. So yes, you can fill the blanks, and that's really on purpose, just first take, uh, making sure you're still uh, awake and following as well, and uh, thirdly, helping me also, okay? So, uh, so yes, so don't want to generalize, but still what she said was mostly people, when they were about to die, they were thinking mostly about two things. First, a right relationship with God. And second, a right relationship with the one they love. And this is what you have at uh, the next uh, sentence, if you're more kind of a visual, not a sentence, but at, at the la next slide. So that's really what she found. People are thinking at the end of their life about a right relationship with God and a right relationship with people they love. And that was mostly what I've read about that woman, uh, I, I, because that wasn't the topic of the book that I was reading, but it still uh, captured my mind. Mm. About one thing, because what I was thinking about is if we 
are kind of most people, we probably will ask this question at the end of our days. So I guess we are probably kind of most people here. We're a, a pretty good, a varied group. So we probably will have to fight with those thoughts at some point in our life. And I hope the later will be the better for all of us. But I was also thinking that it would be a good thing to figure this question, some answer, a little bit sooner than later. Because, you know, when we're dealing with the project, our life project, it's a good thing, I think, to be more careful than less. So talking about my pool project, uh, it was an outground pool project, and usually we meticulously calculated, my wife is there with me, and we were both in that wonderful project together, outground pool that we will do ourselves, but uh, use outground pools that we wanted to strip from the old paint and paint it back. And uh, yeah, I'm seeing some faces saying he's completely fooled. Yes, absolutely. Uh, doesn't make any sense, and we figured this out going through the project, okay? So folly after folly, decided to buy a new piece, buy this new piece, but scrap the old pool, buy a brand new pool, and so again and again and again. So really, the name of that project was, afterward, a pool-calypse. It gives you an example <laughs> of how bad it went, okay? But, but that's, that's one project in our life. And then we learn from these the mistakes or, and, and we try to correct the trajectory. But that's one thing to miss a project in our life. That's another to miss, to miss the project of our life, okay? And this is the reason why, and I've written that quote there. It's just coming from uh, me. I thought it would worth something eventually on the internet, Instagram post, something. I'll try a little to remember that. But so that's the idea about that message today is that we don't want to miss the project of our life. We want to make sure to have some kind of success and not missing the mark. So if we're going to ask ourselves the question about a relationship, a right relationship with God, what does it look like and how, what can we do to maintain it? And that's the question that I wanted to ask ourselves this morning. So if we're looking and skimming through the scriptures about some verse to understand a little bit more about a right relationship with God, we will encounter some verse that describe us well what it is not a good relationship with God. And on purpose, I will give you some verse that the, the, and without reading the old chapter, because you will have already the answer and the idea is really to keep you hooked until the end. So on purpose, I've chosen some verse that uh, are really more puzzling than giving us answer. But again, it's on purpose and I don't want to misuse the scripture. It's just because I want to uh, lengthen a little bit the, the challenge and, be, and, and having you an appetite for the rest of the message. So one of the first passage that I wanted to cover with you is a passage that we discover in Isaiah. Okay, perfect. Thank you. You understand who I'm talking about, huh? Let's call him Bob for the purpose of this message, okay? So, 
the prophet Bob, also known as Isaiah, <laughs> um, was used by God to give some words. And it started really harsh in that first passage. And, and remember, that prophet was talking to the people, the chosen people of God. So Israel is playing a key part in the uh, hurt history and the, is the story of humanity. God has chosen that, those people to be able to accomplish his rescue plan for humanity, okay? So, so he had something in mind for these people because he had a plan and eventually that plan is just unfolding with the person of Jesus. But then it takes a long time to uh, accomplish that plan. So Bob was, uh, it's, we're talking about 3,000 years ago, when Bob was used by, by God to talk to the Jewish people. And what he said was this, so God is talking. What makes you think? I want all your sacrifices, say the Lord. I am sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. And this uh, is obviously referring to some of the law's requirement at that time. That's where what was asked is to offer some of these sacrifices for the sin or for any other uh, situation. So there was kind of observance re regarding that. What, what God is saying is that I'm sick of that. He's just tired of this. You find no pleasure in that. So if we do the parallel with what we're maybe seeing over, uh, today in our life, switching in my head about the two languages, always fun, but uh, adapt. <laughs> but so what, what are the parallel that we can do with our life today about these kind of sacrifices? Is it, it's any maybe spiritual act that we can say in our life, maybe that will be prayer, maybe that will be uh, attending to church, maybe that will be other tasks. And the parallel is really not really good. But the thing is that we could consider these acts as some kind of sacrifices that we do to God or strict observance of the law, if there is any law, because obviously there is no law with, when we're following the, the example of Jesus, but I'm just trying to do parallel here. So apparently this is not what is a good relationship, a right relationship with God. So let's move forward a thousand years after in the time of Christ. Uh, so Jesus himself, when he was engaging also with the Pharisee uh, in, uh, when he was here on earth uh, in his physical form, he had an encounter with them and he had really some kind of harsh comment to uh, the Pharisees and the responsible doctor of the law. And what he mentioned to them in Matthew 23, that's the, the, the verse that is there at the screen, is that, again, really harsh. What sorrows awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herbs garden, but you ignore the more important aspect of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. So, in that verse, what Jesus is saying is, again, like these strict observance of the law, 
There's the, the commandments that they receive in the law. And, and, and taking a super attention to that, at the end is saying, you should tithe. See, it's a good thing. Okay, c'est bon. And again, bear with me, we're talking about Old Testament here, not necessarily the New Testament, and like when Jesus died, all that law principle and all these elements just fades away, okay? But the thing is, saying, yeah, law is good, but again, you should not neglect more important things. So it's, he's pointing us to something bigger than following strict observance of the law. And in another, another passage, Jesus again, and, and that one is a really uh, interesting one uh, that I found for many, many years and still to this day. When Jesus ends up his me message on the mountains, uh, the Sermon on the Mountains, he, he, he said to the, 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 the crowd that was there saying, at the end of the day, and this is what you find in uh, Matthew 7 in the uh, next slide, uh, Matthew 7, he said, On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesize in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who breaks God's law. And that's really interesting because on the other verse, we say, God, Jesus was saying, you should not ignore mercy and, uh, and justice. These are also extremely important aspects. And I would have think that doing such miracles, such incredible acts of spiritual acts would be enabling God a, a right relationship, or not necessarily enabling, but describing a right relationship with God. But obviously in this case, there's something lacking again, because Jesus is saying, I never knew you. There's a component where Jesus wants us to know him. And it's all, not only, yes, it's worth an amen, I think, yes. Not because of what I've said, but because of what he said. But, but that's really the, the principle. There's really some kind of a clue here. So if we unfold that and fast forward that to that, what is really a, a good way to encapsulate what is a right relationship with God. And again, it's right relationship with God that we're talking here. And, because, and, and just as a, a little side note about that. Having a relationship with God is something. And from that relationship came a lot of wonderful things. And, and this, having a relationship with God, is as simple as saying, God, I give you the control of my life. I surrender. I've tried many ways alone, trying to figure things out on my way, but I need your help. The minute you decide that, the minute you enter into relationship with God. And that's it, and that's all. That's no, there's no more, there's no complexity. And this is opening you a, a new realm of possibility. It's as simple as that. But then, if you want to deepen that new relationship that you've just started, this is what we're talking about this morning. So a right relationship with God is described, again, by Jesus himself when uh, some, again, Pharisees and doctor of the law, because they were puzzled with that Jesus guy. He was just mixing everyone because they figured out what was religion about. It was so simple before Jesus, okay? Ça allait tellement bien la vie. 
because they were just having to follow strict law. Spiritual activities were entangled or attached to do this, do not that, do this, do this and that and don't and this. They were specialists in that, doctor of the law, imagine. So it was super complex and they were building their life around that as well, okay? So it was a wonderful way, a wonderful world. But when Jesus came, he just dismissed all of that and saying these harsh words about, you missed the boat, guys. What? I missed the boat, man. I have 1,000 precepts following of this. Are you not, man? We have, what could have missed? Uh, what could we have missed? Whatever, you understood me. But... <laughs> What could, hey, je t'aurais jamais, c'est bon, on va être encore ici à trois heures cet après-midi. So anyway, so you got the point. <laughs> so it was so easy before Jesus came, okay? And now he's complexifying to their eyes everything with that statement. Because the Pharisees want to, to, to really narrow it down and, and to trap Jesus in like saying, you, you're going to say, Jesus, that something in the law is not good, okay? And the minute he's going to say that, they will be have a reason. They found, they, are, they found another reason, but that one was their plan A, to be able to get rid of Jesus. They said, let's make it avoui. Comment uh, say avoui? Let's make him admit exactly that the law is not good in any ways. So they ask him that question. So again, uh, next verse that we have. Again, an expert in religious law, because you needed to be an expert, okay? That's, that's, that's the extent of what was required. So imagine having a right relationship with God required to be an expert in the law. That's kind of an understanding in a, just up to a certain extent. So. Try to trap him, as I mentioned. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he adds, a second, second is equally important. Love your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. The entire law and the demands of all the prophets are based on these two commandments. So completely revisiting their understanding and bringing that back to his simplicity and the original intent of God for humanity. And that original intent of God for humanity, and if we want to grasp this morning and not arriving at the end of our day saying, do I have a right relationship with God? We have the two principles illustrated here. The first one is love God. Love God. The, the, the first principle, if we want to have a right relationship with God, is to answer the question, are we crazy in love with them? Think about a couple relationship. It's to that extent that you need to be able to evaluate your relationship with God. On one aspect, you have a loving relationship that you nurture. If you want to have a right relationship with God, this needs to be constructed around a simple thing just a loving 
relationship that we nurture with him. With all the behavior that comes with a, that kind of relationship, the kind of relationship that we have with our children, our loved one, but Jesus, our God, is being our loved one when we choose to have that relationship with him. And so we need, when we want to evaluate a right relationship with God, we need to evaluate our passion, the passionometer, if you want, with God. Are you still crazy in love with God? You spend time with God. Do you like his presence? We're talking, we're talking a lot about mindfulness meditation. That's something's really ha-ha awesome. And again, I really, uh, I'm uh, an apostle, but I really see the benefits of that. That's really awesome. You want to bring that to another level? Mindfulness meditation on God and Jesus and his love for you. Ask him to, <laughs> ask him to, to reveal you his beauty. Ask him to reveal you how much he loved you. Ask him to reveal you how much he wanted to help you. Ask him to know, to reveal you to yourself, being able to just grasp who he is. If you want to have that full benefits of mindfulness, benefit, uh, mindfulness meditation, try to meditate on these things. And this will obviously nurture your relationship with God and the, the passion that is there. If, and that's what was Jesus was having with the religious leader and the doctor of the law. When you're, 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 you're uh, summarizing God's story to principles and laws, that's, that's a major offense. It's like, that's, no matter, see, yeah, Jesus was not a fool when he decided to enter in the temple with a fouet tout ça. He was not like capote. He was just like, oh my gosh, they missed the point so much. Okay? I love you guys. I love you to that extent. Okay? Do, do you realize that love? And this is something that's not just a one-night trip. Okay, it's a life trip. And, and even if the love fades in, fades out, c'est pas grave, c'est la vie. We're building that love with him. That's always the basis of evaluating a right relationship with God. And the second components, and this is really super important, they were having kind of the second components pretty well, but summarizing that to, again, answering to some principle or some practices. But the second principle is, is really talking about fruits, about action. It needs to bloom. It needs to have an effect. Because otherwise, it becomes something like kind of etheric, virtual kind of, oh, I'm in love with my God. And it's, oh, it's, wow, wonderful. I'm so blessed to have him. And he's so blessed to have me. And we feel that circle of love. And I'm just in love with him and love with a solo relationship with the, and again, it defeats the purpose. That love is created to flow. It's not a static love. It's a, it's a love that needs to flow in us through others. And that's the reason why Jesus said to, to people at that time, extremely important, love your God, passion, romance, be 
amazed by who he is. And if, you, if you're not, not sure about why we should be amazed, ask him. He will reveal that. And you'll, you'll, be, you'll feel that love. You'll be in that love. You'll sense that. You'll feel that. And it will be something that is really tangible in your life. Then, and only then, you'll be able to have some fruit and some action that will uh, flow from that relationship. And that's really the other part that is as important as the first one. If we want to have a right relationship with God, we need to be crazy in love with Him. And we also need to have the fruits in our life that are flowing from that love, okay? And we have many examples in the Bible. Let's just take the passages, uh, the passage in Gal Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. This, we found that in, uh, yeah, exactly, thank you. So the Holy Spirit produces many fruits, and those are the fruits that we are, that, that we are here. Amour, joie, paix, patience, bienveillance, fidélité, douceur, maîtrise de soi, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, to name only few, okay? But the thing is, okay, and this is really important, Having a right relationship with God enables us to change. We can be a different person. There, the only limit that we'll have in our life, and we can decide to, do, to have a right relationship with God, a 20% relationship with God, right, it's right. You, you obtain 20% of the benefits with that relationship and live your life. To use percentage, doesn't make any sense, but you, you, you got the point again, I hope. For any of you who didn't get the point eventually, just tell me after, I'll revisit my example, okay? But anyway, coming back to that level of relationship, then you can say that for God, he will never be able for you to forgive that person, okay? You can say in your mind that God will never help you to uh, seize that dependence, to move over a certain thing that happened in your life, to maybe bring consolation about something that you've lived. Whatever it is, you can choose to do that. And obviously, God is a gentleman. He won't force you to do this, okay? But if you want, there's no limit to the extent and the power that that relationship can do in your life. So there's no limit, and that's really the full potential that we can use. So having a right relationship with God is really having, it's having that passionate relationship, but also having these action, these fruits that our life can bear, and that helps us to improve as a person, to always develop, to always be able to move forward, to be able to be a better person day after day, that the good work that has been started in our life can eventually flourish and bloomish even more and more and more and more to the example of Jesus. That's the intent. That's having a right relationship with God. That's the full power that we have available. Now, I thought that sometimes I may be unclear, okay? And I know that because sometimes in my life, my kids, my wife, at work, everywhere, when I'm talking here also, people are saying, oh boy, what is that? So I thought to include an example, okay? It may be even fuzzier, uh, but it may help some people also. So let's try with the example. Do you want the example or no? Okay, c'est bon. Only one person. Thank you so much. <laughs> we'll continue. Uh, just um, uh, 
alone, okay, you and me. <laughs> About the example. Next slide. You, uh, just before, yeah, do you remember that movie, The Notebook? Women, huh? Women say yes. Yeah, notebook. Uh, the male, alpha male in the room, remember the notebook? Nope. Thank you, alpha male. No, never look at that kind of movie. So anyway, to summarize that, being a male, and obviously, sorry, I just don't want to do the uh, extensive review of that movie, but romantic relationship between a man and a woman for many, many, many years, ups and downs, but they're crazy in love together, kind of. Eventually, dementia, uh, when the Hallie is the woman in that movie, uh, dementia, Alzheimer, she's no longer recognizing his husband. So really sad story. But that guy who's there is still crazy in love with Ali. His name is Noah. That gave the name of our son, by the way. So, uh, so Noah is still crazy in love, and she's visiting her daily at the hospice and making sure she and care and recounts many, many times their love story. So wonderful romantic uh, passage in that movie. The example is the following, is that if you're opening that movie only at that scene, where you're seeing Noah taking care for Alice, that's something really good. It's, a, it's an old man volunteering for United Way or Centraide, uh, helping an old lady to cross the streets or uh, 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 read them some stories. So just good deeds, really interesting, like our spiritual activities that we can do, okay? And then you look at that movie and say, wow, that's a good movie about volunteer and being able to do good things in your life. But if you look at that movie with that component only, you missed the whole point. He did that, not because he was a volunteer for uh, United Way or Centraille. He did that out of an extensive, romantic, crazy love that he had and that he's still having for that woman. So when you look at that movie only on that scene, you're missing the whole point of that relationship that was so important also to entangle. And you can't disentangle one with the other because you're missing the old point. And that's exactly the story about having a right relationship with Jesus. The two components need to be tied together. Having an emphasis only on one or the other is missing the old point, missing the old story. Does it help or no? Kind of, okay, parfait. The reason why I said a partially good example is just for you, if you're looking at that movie uh, tonight and saying, oh my gosh, let's do this, the following, the follow-up on that message this morning by looking at that. That section and up, really good. The section before, it's not necessarily the best romantic and couple relationship, okay? So I just wanted to mention that. So just don't overuse the example, okay, this morning. So that's it for the announcement period, okay? <laughs> so, having said all of that, if you want to experiment, uh, if, if we want to experiment a, a, a right relationship with God, and when we arrive at the end of our days, making sure that we, we've lived that life, 
we need those two components that are tied together. When we evaluate our relationship, our level of relationship, you can even use a grid for a couple relationship and you will be able to have some criteria to help you discern where you stand and what could be improved with your relationship with God. And you can look also at the, the action and your life. How do you progress in terms of fruit that are uh, flowing from that love from God? So having said all of this this morning, Jesus, why is it so important? It's just because he showed us a way, he paved the way to a new life. He opened that, he made that relationship possible. That's really what Jesus did, okay? He made that relationship possible. Because initially, trying to live that, there was two concepts. Look at what the Jews people were living before. They were entangled in something way different, way much complex, that were, was not this at all. And now he opening us that new door for that kind of life that is now available for all of us. And as I mentioned earlier, it's only at the reach of a decision to say, I want to be in relationship with you. Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender control over my life. And this could be one prayer for you this morning. If you want to experiment that kind of relationship with God. Another prayer topic for us this morning is certainly the fact that if you're not in love with God, if you maybe lose sight of that, okay, or, or less in love, because obviously, see, at the intellectual level, we're always saying, yes, I love Jesus. C'est correct, because you're in a relationship with him and you love him. But maybe it's not as passionate as, as it was before. Let's pray for that also this morning. That's certainly something that is at your reach. And lastly, if in your life you said there's a Rhea and there's still problems that you're trying to fix and yet you're struggling with, and you're still doing that maybe on your own effort, and I have not think about surrounding, surrounding this, surrounding this yet to Jesus, or maybe Samaria that you've just said, it's out of his scope. He can't do anything about that situation. I invite you also to pray for that this morning because there's nothing out of his reach. It's a matter of are we share and leaving that to him or not and let him also show us how we want to untangle these things in our lives. So that will be the three prayer topics. Does it make sense? Yeah. So let's stand up together and we'll finish with a word of prayer. <clears throat> so thank you, Jesus, for uh, the opportunity we're having here uh, to just be able to explore a little bit more what you've done here on earth, what the example you gave to us, and what you're still doing and want to do. I pray you this morning for any person here that has never took the decision to answer to your love. And you're pursuing us day after day from the foundation of the earth to be able to accept your love. So I pray you this morning for that person this morning that would like to have that relationship with you. And this, as I mentioned, is as simple as saying, Jesus, I give you my life.
For those of us who are struggling in your passion with you, in that love that we have for you, in that experience when we're praying or when we're singing or coming to the church or trying all kinds of stuff and we're no longer feeling the love and we're no, no longer having that passion, I'm praying for all of us this morning also. And for some of us that may have given up on some aspect in our life, saying that it's, it's too big for you to handle, or that we no longer have the strength to overcome these difficulties or those problems, I pray for all of us also this morning to help us and just give us like the, the, the faith, the renewed uh, vision for these elements to be solved with your help because we're no longer alone. So in your name, we pray. Amen, Jesus. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.